Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Today, we're talking about your early round running backs. As you can see, there's a couple of them behind me in the Supreme Draft Guide right here. They're player profiles, the early round running backs that I think might bust. Now, these are not guys that I'm throwing down my flag for. Otherwise, they would have been in videos already, right? These are early round running backs for a reason because they have a lot of upside. But I want to discuss a couple of them and three in this video that I think have the highest bust potential out of probably the top 20 running backs. And honestly, I think all these guys are currently in my top 15. So some very prominent names, some guys that you're probably taking in the second round of your drafts in fantasy football at most the third rounds if it's like a 10 team league. So yeah, these are guys that are big names, but I'm currently avoiding unless they just fall to me and they're like the last running back left at the end of the second or beginning of third round, right? Then I'll end up taking them, but I'm really cautious. Now, one of these guys that we're going to start the show with, I'm really not getting anywhere. I usually take, I reach for other guys over him, honestly, at this point, because I'm putting all my eggs in one basket on the other part of his offense, his passing game, more on that in a second. But right here, thank you for being here with me. Please do hit the like button for this video and that subscribe button. Big one's popping up right now. Bottom right hand corner, best way to support the show totally for free. If you're brand new, if you're just finding me, I appreciate you. I appreciate you if you're listening on the podcast. If you leave a podcast review, whether you're on YouTube and you go over there, Salvechi Show on iTunes, $50 giveaway once per week to somebody who does leave a review. You get about five or six a week at most, really, people leaving reviews. So if you want to do that, have a pretty good chance of 50 bucks. Takes literally five seconds of your time to hit the five star button and just say something nice about the show. So I appreciate that as well. Over my shoulder is my supreme draft guide. Well, this is a piece of it. This is the player profiles for the running backs. You can see I have pretty, uh, pretty nice little profiles once you click inside of here on a bunch of information that's going to be very helpful. Not only that, though, there's key stats, there's rankings, there's tiers, there's premium analysis and podcasts coming in August. So be sure to check all of that out. Uh, I'm excited to have this up and running. It's all down below. And thanks to the sponsor of the show, the logo above, Monkey Knife Fight. It's only $10 for all of you instead of 30. You can feel free to check it out in the description right now. So let's start the show off. Why don't we, right? Let's start off with a player right now in Derek Henry. Everybody's heads explode. Derek Henry, the big dog, the guy who led the league in rushing last year, Sal. Yeah, right. We're going to get away from this guy, the guy who had 18 total touchdowns, second only to Christian McCaffrey and uh, Aaron Jones last year. This is the guy that you want us to get away from. Yes, if I'm telling you about potential busts in honestly the first round out of the top 10 backs, it's going to be Derek Henry if you told me to pick one. And if you want to argue with me, who's the other running back you're going to pick at this point? Sure, outside of, oh, but Dalvin Cook might hold out. Yeah, outside of that, if all these players are going to play, Derek Henry is the guy that I feel the least likely and the least confident in, in like the top eight backs and really those first round running backs. And let me just explain why pretty much. Like last year, yes, you know what happened. He led the league with 1,539 rushing yards. He ended up having the most carries, over 300, 303 carries. He had seven games with 20 or more carries. When you factor in, 19 or more carries. So one away from 20 for the simple math there, he had nine games. So more than half of his games were 19 or more carries. You have to have some pretty good game script to do that. Now the Titans were still running the ball, even when they were trailing by a touchdown in games. That's just because that they were still close enough. And that's what their offense was pretty much built on. But when you have a quarterback last year in Ryan Tannehill, who, who led the league in true passer rating, who led the league in efficiency and points per drop back and all these different metrics last year was the most accurate passer in play action passing. That efficient of a player paired up with a very efficient receiver in AJ Brown, very efficient receiver in John Wu Smith. It is just very unlikely for that to sustain to the next year when you have a defense last year that going into the year was like at best a middle of the pack defense and they propel upwards to being a very good run stopping defense and overall a pretty strong defense outside of their outside cornerback play the secondary held up to a good extent and they outperform where they should have been so you have a a defense excelling above what it really was expected to do you have by far a quarterback who was above all expectations of what he was supposed to do last year and that really helps your running game and it allows you to hand the ball off 300 times to a running back oh that running back who also only caught 18 balls last year 
year in his time with the Titans. 19.6 fantasy points per game was fourth among running backs. You see him at 20.2 attempts per game for 102.6 yards per game. That's obviously fantastic. Average more than a touchdown per game with the 18 total touchdowns. That touchdown rate was 5.6%. Nothing crazy. Like it's not Aaron Jones, Mark Ingram, or he most starts 6.6 and 6.7%. 5.6 is still pretty high, but he had the workload, right? When you have a guy seeing 321 total touches and he has 46 red zone touches, there's probably a decent chance that he's going to pop off for a dozen touchdowns. He just had an even better year because of the volume got to 18. But outside of the passing game being efficient and the defense being better than expected and above average, you look at what Derrick Henry did in yards created. He was the number one running back in yards created last year. That is such a hard metric to duplicate back-to-back seasons. You want to know where he was in that number in 2018? Second. So unless this guy is going to become one of the best running backs of all time, and yes, the last two years, he has looked extremely dominant, especially in the second half of seasons. Finishing top two in yards created in back-to-back seasons is very impressive. Breaking tackles is what that means. Evaded tackles, he was fourth in 2018. Last year, he was up there as well within the top six in evaded tackles. Last year, he was number one again in yards created, second in runs of 15 or more yards. When you have this efficient of an offense, something's got to give. Now, I am personally leveraging A.J. Brown's going to have a big year, Jonu Smith, and Ryan Tannehill might take a step back, but I think the defense gets worse, which means they have to pass the ball more if they're trailing more often in games or in neutral game scripts. And I think that naturally Derrick Henry is going to regress off of being the leading rusher, off of being a top two yards created guy in back-to-back seasons. I'm not just going to project him to be number one or two in that department. If he falls to even number five in that department, that's going to take a hit on his value. And then it's a factor of the other guys being drafted in the first rounds around him. I like the upside of guys like Joe Mixon ahead of him. I like the upside of some other guys in that range, whether it's your Miles Sanders, uh, whether it's your Josh Jacobs, whether it's your Kenyon Drakes, guys who just have upside in my opinion, and they just have outs. Now, maybe not Josh Jacobs having the outs in the passing game, but I think Joe Mixon, I think Kenyon Drake, those other running backs, definitely Miles Sanders, they have the outs in the passing game. They don't need to have 300 touches on the ground. Although I think some of them have the upside, like a Joe Mixon, to see around a 280, 290 touch season. Nick Chubb can see a 300 touch season on the ground. And yes, he might now be in a role where he's only seeing 20 or 25 rushing attempts, but his offense is setting up to be even more run heavy with Kevin Skafanski. These are other guys around Derrick Henry that when I'm on the clock and some of the other guys that are taken, I'm usually taking a Joe Mixon. I'm debating on just snagging a Miles Sanders there over Derrick Henry. And you can tell yourself that Derrick Henry is going to start to become a pass catcher this year because he's gone from 15 receptions in 2018 to 18 receptions. I think it was 12 receptions a year before. So you can tell yourself that he's going to keep catching three passes and get to 21. Or maybe you think he takes on an even bigger role. There's been no news of that. There's been no talk of that. They drafted Darrington Evans to replace Deion Lewis, a running back. You can see right here, their draft, uh, the NFL draft, they take Darrington Evans in the third round. They take a tackle to replace Jack Conklin. So that tackle is naturally, in my opinion, just going to be worse than Jack Conklin. That's at least what I'm going to project and expect for. And Darrington Evans taking on the Deion Lewis role. He's going to profile out as very much so a, a, a satellite back. Here's Darrington Evans' profile in college at Appalachian State. He caught 21 passes last year on a 7.6% target share. That's a pretty good pass catching running back that I assume takes on that role that Deion Lewis had. Overall, he saw around 280 touches last year, had over 1,450 yards on the ground alone and 18 total touchdowns. Darrington Evans is a good running back. I assume with that draft capital that they spent in the third round, he is going to be involved on probably satellite back roles and maybe even get more involvement if indeed they need more pass catching downs from their running backs. Outside of that, there's nothing in the backfield. And let's not kid ourselves. As long as Derrick Henry is going to stay healthy and he plays 16 games, he's going to see over 250 carries, no matter what the game script looks like. The issue is if he goes from 300 three carries to say 260 carries and he's losing 40 to 45 carries and his receptions are staying equal even if they go up by two if you're losing 40 touches and you're a first round running back losing those touches is not good Whereas a lot of these other running backs in the first round, if they were to lose 30 touches on the ground, right? If you have Joe Mixon coming in and you want to project him for 260 carries and he only gets 230, but he can see a jump in 15 or 20 receptions in his receiving game numbers, which I think is possible. And also a jump in his touchdown equity, because it's really difficult for Derrick Henry to take a jump in touchdowns from 18 last year. It would almost
almost be historic to go from 18 to like 20 in back-to-back seasons. So there's just not a lot of outs left on the table for Derrick Henry. We have him skyrocketing right now in our expectations because of last year. Last year, which is going to see probably touchdown regression, which is just naturally going to see touch regression because of just the overall efficiency of this offense and just naturally relying on a guy to get back-to-back 300 touch seasons on the ground in the NFL is not something that I want to be doing. So Derrick Henry, look, I don't hate the guy. I just like more guys around him. I personally have him ranked lower than consensus. He's currently, I believe, my RB7. A lot of people have him at RB5 or RB6. I still have Dalvin Cook ahead of him, even with the holdout concerns. Joe Mixon, same thing. Some holdout whispers. I still have Joe Mixon ahead of him. And honestly, at this point, I'm starting to really consider taking some other guys, whether it's Miles Sanders, Kenny and Drake, ahead of Derrick Henry at this point. So he's the first guy that I would say is a potential bust. He's, I'm not labeling him as a definite bust. None of these guys are, in my opinion, but he's definitely a guy who stands out. And I look at him and go, yeah, I don't really want to be drafting him as much as other people. Next up is somebody that I know a lot of you like, and it's going to be Austin Eckler. And I know a lot of people like Eckler. Eckler to like start the season for me was like my RB9, RB10. I've slowly been backing him up. I believe he's currently my RB12. I could actually, I get you the official right now rankings as I pull them up. Right now, Eckler is my RB12. I have him one spot ahead of Todd Gurley, one spot behind Kenyon Drake. Uh, If you want to get the whole rankings, again, they're linked down below for PPR, non-PPR formats. Tiers are also in their top 150s. It's down below in the Supreme Draft Guide on my website. Information on how to get it for just $10 Ruskies are down below. Also, before we dive deeper into Austin Eckler, please do hit the like button and the big old subscribe button. Take a second of your time on the podcast. If you want to leave a five-star rate and review, chance to win $50 Ruskies. Smack them dollar Ruskies in your pocket. Go buy yourself some nice dinner. Buy yourself some new shoes. I don't know what you can get for 50 bucks with new shoes, but whatever you want to do, go spend your money. I don't tell you how to do it. Just take my money and spend it. Leave the review. You can do that. So Austin Eckler, I love the guy. Look, I, I it's really hard not to like a guy in Austin Eckler with the skill set that he has. Honestly, the personality, if you've ever listened to interviews of Austin Eckler, are just as good. Second in receptions last year among running backs with 92. So let's just pull up the stats right now. And then I'll explain why I don't like him as much as a lot of the other guys around him in terms of upside. It's really hard. Like I'm I'm really picking here and and trying to choose out some guys, but I think there are some flaws in the Austin Eckler projections of some guys putting him as like RB5, RB6, RB7. I can start to see like the RB8, 9, 10 range if you wanted to, but anything higher than that, putting him ahead of guys like Joe Mixon for me, Dalvin Cook, uh, that's just a little bit too high. 57% of the snaps last year, obviously Melvin Gordon returned after a month or so of his holdout. Uh, 132 carries, 557 yards, 11 touchdowns, and the big one, 92 receptions, second in the league. 993 receiving yards, second in the league. Only two, one Christian McCaffrey. He was third in routes run behind Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey amongst running backs. Um, second in receptions, targets, and receiving yards overall. Number six in fantasy points per game among running backs at 19.3. And he ran behind the 27th ranked run blocking unit, which didn't help him or Melvin Gordon last year, with some major improvements coming in Brian Balaga and Treya Turner. Balaga from the Packers, Treya Turner from the Panthers. So you can see their offseason additions right here. The offensive line is what they got really in free agency. Donald Parm, the former XFL tight end from the Dallas Renegades. Looking forward to seeing him play. Hopefully he gets some run. And then they lose the big veterans, uh, Russell Okun on the offensive line, Melvin Gordon and Phil Rivers. Obviously Gordon going, it's going to help Austin Eckler, or at least a lot of people expect that to help Austin Eckler. The NFL draft, they already have Justin Jackson in this backfield. They're going at Joshua Kelly, fourth round running back from UCLA. In my opinion, a very good value pick. And then they get some late round wide receiver so I like both. KJ Hill in the seventh is a good pick. Joe Reed in the fifth, I like a lot. A good special teams player in college, I believe at Virginia. And then they get their quarterback in the first round, Justin Herbert. We'll see if he actually plays it all this year. I would assume at some point he does, but Tyrod Taylor, pretty good starting quarterback. Speaking of Tyrod Taylor, more mobile of a quarterback, not going to check down as much. This is concerns, right? When he was in Buffalo, when LaShawn McCoy was there for some time, the issue was LaShawn McCoy wasn't catching as many passes because Tyrod Taylor was taking off on 
third down and threes, instead of checking it off, Tyra Taylor was running for it. He was scrambling more often and finding more players downfield rather than taking the easy dump off to the running back. So right away, that's concerning for Austin Eckler's upside and just his receiving game numbers where he had 92 receptions on 108 targets last year. If the targets dip to like 90 this year, that's a big hit of 18. If that means that the receptions go from 92 to like 75, that's a huge hit. And 75 is still a lot of receptions for a starting running back for sure. But there's other pieces of the game that I'm concerned about. You have a yards per touch guy last year, led the league in yards per touch at 6.9. A lot of that is because of the receptions. On the ground, he was still serviceable. Four yards per carry was 34th in the league. That's nothing fantastic, but you talk about all backup running backs and it's like around an average number, four yards per carry. But the yards per touch is the one that really stands out to me. It's something that I don't know if I can continue to bank on happening. And what I think a lot of people are expecting is that just Austin Eckler is going to be the workhorse back. Is going to see 24 carries and 24 total touches a game, right? That's just not going to happen. You could look at what happened last year. Justin Jackson was involved in this offense when Melvin Gordon was on holdout to the extent of Austin Eckler seeing this workload in the four games. 12 carries to start the season, 17 carries was a big number, nine carries, 18 carries. And then obviously Melvin Gordon comes back and he quickly resorts to just the pass catching role primarily where he goes for three carries, five, five, three, 12, six, right? So there was never a workload of 24 carries, right? When you factor in his receptions those week, yeah, he started to look very good. He had 18 touches week one, he had 23 week two, 16 week three, and he had 23 week four. So yeah, when you factor in the receptions, this was a workhorse back and that's something that looked really well, but there was concerns during that time. They were already talking about on this offense, Anthony Lynn and the offense in general, limiting his touches and getting more involvement from Justin Jackson, getting even more involvement now, potentially uh, coming in Joshua Kelly. I still think Justin Jackson is going to be the lead back, especially since he has experience in Kelly with a limited offseason, no rookie camp, no preseason is very likely at this point. Based on when I'm recording this, that there's going to be an issue with Joshua Kelly, but I think Joshua Kelly has a really good chance. He's a bigger running back than jo- Justin Jackson at this point. So more goal line work potentially is there, but there's a pretty decent chance that Justin Jackson is going to be involved and or Joshua Kelly in the backfield. So a decent enough chance for the guys around him for me to want to take those guys. I feel more secure in Kenyon Drake's workload. I feel much more secure in Miles Sanders' workload as of right now and these types of players than I do in an Austin Eckler. Even Todd Gurley, who I have ranked one spot behind him, I feel very secure in that workload. There's just no running back depth behind Todd Gurley. So I could even argue that Todd Gurley's an RB12 and Austin Eckler is the RB13 this year. And when I see a lot of guys ranking Austin Eckler as like the sixth or seventh overall running back and honestly just in a ton of top tens, that's when I start to say, okay, if I'm trying to identify some guys who are potentially going to bust based on like the majority of people's expectations, Derrick Henry being one of them, first round pick, a lot of people automatically wanting to take him as like the fifth or sixth running back. And then Austin Eckler, a lot of people wanted to take him honestly in the first round right now. And if you're coming into half PPR or non-PPR formats, then yeah, Austin Eckler to me is definitely a guy who's probably going to bust. If it's PPR, that's where I understand the top 10 upside in some of those picks. And then finally, the Chiefs running back, the only running back taken in the first round, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be an honorable mention, but honestly, I think we're just going to bump it right now officially. He's on my notes as the honorable mention. We'll bump him as a potential bust as well out of all these other running backs in my top 15. These are now the three that I think stand out and maybe even in my top 20 overall based on their ADPs, my three that stand out as the biggest potential bust. Now, Clyde Edwards Hilaire's ceiling is, yeah, top three, top five running back in the league. If he finishes and if he really sees a lot of the workload, if he sees as many receptions as we think he will, if Damian Williams is either injured or phased out of this offense, and it's the Clyde show. It's the six, seven, receptions a game. It's the 1.7 touchdowns per game that Patrick Mahomes running backs have averaged since he's been the starting quarterback of this team. And if that's the case, and you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire between rushing and receiving, seeing like 10 to 12 touchdowns, and between rushing and receiving, seeing like 13 to 1400 yards, yeah, then it's going to be a situation where he's obviously nowhere near a bust. But that's the perfect scenario. That's me painting a pretty picture for you. But there's a real chance here that everybody wants to say Jonathan Taylor is going to be in a workload for all year long or two or three months with Marlon Mack. And that's fine. I think it'll 
maybe be like a month. But even if it is a while, that's fine. Like he's being taken in like the third and fourth rounds on average, the fourth round right now. That's okay. But when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is being taken at like the middle of the second round, there's a lot more risk there, but not a lot of people want to talk about it just because he's part of the Chiefs offense, which is fair, but also risky. Now in college last year, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 214 carries for over 1400 yards and 16 touchdowns. The big thing that everybody wants to point to, he caught 54 balls on 64 targets in the Joe Burrow LSU championship college football champion offense, but he only had one receiving touchdown. He was pretty bad after the catch when it came to catching passes. And actually Jonathan Taylor, who everybody wants to say can't catch passes, was actually better and more efficient on a per catch basis what he did after the catch, getting into the end zone, than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You want to know what ended up happening? People probably weren't threatened by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all that much because he was taking dump offs and on average picking up like seven or eight yards with those dump offs. So yeah, he caught a lot of balls. That's really good. And in this offense, it's probably going to be the perfect system for his skill set. But there's also a guy there named uh, Damian Williams I should bring up. And although Damian Williams might not seem like a sexy type of a name and the undrafted free agent doesn't do a lot for you, Damian Williams has been good. I mean, he was borderline right there. He was second in command behind Patrick Mahomes in the MVP race for the Super Bowl last year and had a huge reason why they were winning that game. Put the game on ice with a long touchdown on the left side, won somebody a million dollars on DraftKings last year. He has one year left on his deal for $1.85 million, and he's a pretty adequate, if not good, pass blocking running back that you just signed Patrick Mahomes to a $500 million plus deal, whatever it's going to end up being after all the incentives and, and reworkings and restructurings go through. You're probably going to want to protect him. And a rookie that is not known for his pass blocking ability, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if anything, it's his worst part of his game right now. That's a pretty big knock against him for getting on the field more. And then there's no rookie camp, right? There's no preseason. There's no ways early on for him to really sure up that pass blocking ability in live game action. Just to start the season off, I don't see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire joining or getting more than majority of the snaps, honestly, to be completely honest with you. And based on a lot of the beat writings reports from some of the top Chiefs beat writers right now, they're getting the sense that it's going to be 60-40 Damian Williams, if not 70-30 Damian Williams. But everybody in their mind right now, everybody in their mama is thinking that it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 70 70, 30 because of the first round draft capital. I do think at some point this season that might happen, but if Damian Williams continues to be as productive as he was to end the year last year, as he was for most of the season the year before that, he's going to keep himself on the field, especially because of his pass blocking role for probably at least 40% of the overall snaps on the season if he is healthy. So yeah, he's due around $2 million. He's not going anywhere in terms of being cut. He was 37th overall amongst all running backs in pass protection last year, according to Pro Football Focus. That's not bad. And in 11 games, he produced 111 carries for 498 yards. So a little bit less than five yards per carries. That's good. Seven total touchdowns. And he caught 30 of 37 passes in 11 games. This was a guy who, again, was on pace to catch somewhere around 45 receptions last year. So an efficient season when he was actually on the field from Damian Williams. Now the upside for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, if he can get past Damian Williams, which for me is the reason why he would be a potential bust because he's only playing 35, 40% of the snaps as your second round pick. That's not great. Now he can become Miles Sanders and down the second half of the season, really take over, play 70, 80% of the snaps or so, even if it's 65, but he has the majority of the touches. That can surely happen. But I'm just saying that Damian Williams is a better running back than Jordan Howard was last year in the Sanders situation, at least in my opinion. Three and a half red zone running back attempts per game were in the Chiefs running backs last year. They averaged 1.7 touchdowns per game, like I mentioned. They were bottom 10 in rushing yards last year, so it's probably not coming on the ground for Edward Tolaire. I think we expected it through the air anyways. They ranked 19th overall in their rushing game. But the big one, and here it is, the receiving game for running backs, 5.6 receptions per game on 6.6 targets per game for running backs last year. If Clyde Edward Tolaire can take over as the lead back, he's stepping into potentially four 
four and a half to five and a half receptions per game. And that's going to do wonders for him, especially when you factor in the touchdown upside in this Chiefs offense. But my issue is if that Damian Williams with this sketchy offseason is the starter to start the season, which right now the beat writers are kind of leaning that way, and he plays 60 to 70% of the snaps, he's going to be a guy catching three, four balls a game. Clyde Hilaire might be a guy catching one or two passes per game for maybe a month or two. And I don't think a lot of people are seeing that as the reality. I think a lot of people are seeing that as no way in heck he was a first round pick, but there's a chance. And right now it's leaning towards that being the reality. In the off season, outside of the Clyde Edwards Hilaire edition, the Chiefs ended up picking up an offensive lineman in Mike Remmers. They got an offensive lineman in Lucas Niang in the draft. Last year, their offensive line overall was ranked 13th in run blocking. So they had a lot of injuries. The replacements were just not good. So maybe a little bit of improvement with the pieces they took this off season. Ricky Seals Jones and DeAndre Washington, also some free agent ads that really aren't going to matter all that much. So they lose Cam Irving. They lose Stephen Wiskinski, which is not a big loss. So yeah, the offensive line, I guess, depending on what third round pick Lucas Niang provides them is pretty much going to be a wash. Should be an above average offensive line or right around average yet again. So that's where I'm at right now. Those are three guys and the reasons why I think they're potential busts. Now, again, these are not guys I'm labeling as these guys aren't going to do well this year. I'm looking at my top 15 and my top 20 running backs. And these are three names that I look at and say, yeah, there's some question marks. Yeah, there's some potential risks. Yeah, there's some regression potential here for them or in Clyde's case, not starting right off the back. Who would you say out of like the top 15 or 20 consensus running backs or even your personal rankings are guys that stand out for you to be three potential risks? Let me know in the comments down below. Before you leave, like button, smash that bad boy, hit the big old subscribe button and head over right now to the Supreme Draft Guide and be sure to get it on Fantasy Sports Focus. It's linked down below. This is where all the running back profiles are, key stats, rankings, all that stuff. Just $10 thanks to Monkey Knife Fight. You can find it down below in the description. So thanks for tuning into this one. Like and subscribe before you go. I will see you in the next one.